Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for jumping in today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of CoachesEdge.coach, and today we're talking about youth basketball instruction once again, and there's a couple reasons why this could be a really great episode for you. If you are a varsity basketball coach and you're overseeing your summer basketball camp, if you are overseeing a group of youth basketball coaches who may not be as experienced as you, I think this is going to help you. If you're a youth coach listening, period, you want to run some of your practices, possibly a little more smoothly, make sure you're running some of the things that you need to touch on throughout your your practices, whether that's your your summer league, your winter league, a group that you're working with. We just finished running uh, our spring basketball lessons for our first, second, and third graders. Uh, Actually, just finished a couple days ago and was a ton of fun. So I'll share some of the things we did with them. If you're running youth basketball camp this summer, pretty much every basketball team, high school basketball program has a youth basketball camp. So I'm sure there's a nugget or two that you can take away to apply there. And at the very least, if you have a youth basketball program coming around, which may, maybe that runs next winter, uh, you can, you know, take a couple notes, put a couple things down and say, hey, you know, we're going to make sure when we get back with our youth kids, we're going to try to apply a couple of, of those things. So let's get into this. Before we do that, though, I do want to say we had our Coach's Edge launch last April. It was awesome. We got a bunch of new members. We got some one really successful coach, Al DeMott from Sandusky Girls Basketball. I mean, if everything goes well, he'll be the winningest coach in the state of Michigan for girls basketball. And we're working with a basketball camp with his girls program this summer. And uh, it was just one of those kind of cool things as we serve coaches around the country, you know, from Nebraska to Pennsylvania to California to South Carolina. Uh, but to have him join the membership and be like, man, I wish I would have joined sooner. And to be like, dude, what are you talking about? You've forgotten more about basketball than I will ever know. And here he is in the coach's edge, you know, coming to our meetings, looking at our resources, using them is just, uh, you know, I got to pinch myself sometimes with the awesome people that we are able to be around through our coach's edge membership. It's awesome. It's awesome. We love it. And uh, if you're a coach say, Hey, we, we missed it, but you know, we're, we're intrigued. You know, what are some things about it? Just hit me up contact at kramerbasketball.com. I'd be happy to tell you more about it. Now, when it comes to this episode, some of the timing of it is there's two reasons for the timing of this specific episode. One, we just finished our youth basketball skills program. We ran our youth basketball league, which I was directing January and February and then March, April, May, we ran some additional basketball lessons for the kids. Hey, they had really enjoyed our basketball league. They were fired up about it and they wanted something where they could keep playing. So they came in for, you know, not, not a lot. They came in once a week and we worked with them uh, throughout the spring and we just finished it up. And you want to be you want to be the coach where you run your youth basketball camp, you run your youth basketball league and that parent comes up to you and they thank you. And they say, coach, I want to thank you because Johnny wasn't even sure he wanted to be a part of this league, but we had him sign up anyway. And now he can't get enough of the game. He can't wait until next year when he can come. He can't wait until the next basketball camp or clinic or whatever you have that's going on because you as a coach did such a great job running your youth basketball league. You literally turn someone who was iffy about if they even enjoyed the game of basketball and to someone who is on fire about it because you gave them such a positive experience. You want to be that coach. You want to be 
that person. It's allowing you to not only teach the game and do what you love, but it's allowing you to make a positive impact on a young person's life. Man, you can't put a price tag on something like that. You really can't. And that's what I want you to, to have that experience. I want that kid to come up when, and their mom and dad hasn't told them to do this, that kid that comes up to you after your workout or your basketball camp and they give you a fist bump or they, and they give you a high five and they say, thank you. They truly 100% on their own come up and they say, thank you. Man. I mean, that warms your heart. That lets you know that you're making a positive impact well beyond the game of basketball because of how you're running and operating. And the thing is, you could have a, a great heart, well-intentioned, but sometimes those things aren't going to come across as well as they should if you're not covering the bases from the basketball standpoint. Because basketball is a lot of fun, but it can also be really boring for little kids if we don't do things quite right. So before I get into some of these details, some of the skills, some of the concepts, remember, bring the energy. Bring the energy be fast paced. Don't stick on one thing for too long. And when you fired up, are fired up, they will be fired up. All right. You have to bring it first. They are looking up to you for guidance. And if, if you're the head uh, uh, you know, varsity coach running this camp and your assistant coaches and your high school players are helping out, you bring in the fire will allow those other coaches to, to follow your lead. And then they have it. And then the other player, and that creates a great vibe and environment in the gym where improving is almost automatic, right? Because you feel that energy in the gym, uh, which goes back into make sure you play a little music during uh, camp as well. That's huge. Okay. So as you think about uh, any type of basketball practice, camp, workout, league, you want to touch on your five basic skills, dribbling, passing, defense, rebounding, and shooting. So as you, as you go over your week, how many hours you have? Yes. Okay. We have to make sure that we're touching on these areas and how are we going to emphasize those things? But I mean, I like to break it down a little more detailed than that. So yeah, we're going to touch on those five things, but being able to really work on the catch and the pickup with pivoting, the pivoting, the stopping, the jump stop piece. We really work on a lot of the footwork pieces there, especially with our, our all ages, really. We take shooting and we really break that down to two different pieces, finishing and shooting, two different things. And for our younger players, we emphasize finishing a lot more than we do shooting. We talk about it. We talk about stance. We talk about some the hand placement on the ball. You know, try to move the basketball first, get your hand underneath the ball before you get out into your, your follow through. Uh, but I'm not super picky about that. We, we do work on our layups as far as dribbling up into a close shot, working on some faking, some of the uh, two foot finishes of jump stop, pivot into your two foot, two foot finish. And depending on your age level, okay, we'll go up and we'll work on some one foot finishes as well. Now, how might this look? If you had an hour, Maybe you want to have more of a skill type emphasis for 30 minutes and more of a game type emphasis for 30 minutes. Within this, I think it's important for us to make sure that we're also teaching not just the individual skills, but how is this translating into when we do get into our, our gameplay, which means we're talking about the game type concepts, the game type concepts that happen 
throughout the course of every single game. So, you know, for a, for a third and fourth grade group, just using that as an example, like if you're, if you are teaching full court, which I recommend more half court stuff, but if you are teaching full court, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin serving mid Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. And they also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state. They are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin are truck country. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. And I can tell you firsthand from purchasing a couple different vehicles from Richardson Automotive, they are all about service. Stop in and see them today. They will get you right. Are you teaching them the transition of offense and defense, getting back on defense, pushing the basketball up the court on offense, pushing the basketball ahead with a pass? Those things are important. You want to teach your kids the spacing, staying wide, staying spread out. That's one of the, I think, one of the biggest things to teach, especially with you know the young ones that I was working with throughout the course of the year, teaching them to space out. Now, keep in mind, you're generally playing on the same size court that a varsity basketball team would. So spacing for a third and fourth grader isn't going to look like spacing for a varsity player because they can't pass that far and they can't shoot from that far away. So they may be very well spaced it can look completely different than a varsity basketball team would. So I'm not going to tell my third and fourth grader to go down to the deep corner, spotting up for a three. What's the point? The kid who's on the wing can't even throw the basketball that far. Right. So bringing things in is, is really important. Like I said, if we can use a, a smaller hoop, if we can use a smaller basketball, if we can start to shrink in the court a little bit and then teach spacing out of it, I think it's win-win for, for all of us. From the gameplay concepts, I want kids to have a better understanding of the rules. And I think we might have spoken about this in another uh, podcast episode with Coach Troshak, where we had someone who had signed up for a winter basketball league, a parent signed up for a winter basketball league. It had gone like November, December. Then they signed up for our league in January, February. And when our league had finished up, they came up and they, they thanked me for running the program. And then they said, you actually teach the rules. And I was like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Of course, we're teaching the rules of the game. She was like, my, my son in the previous league that they were playing in a couple months ago, they weren't teaching and enforcing the rules of traveling, basically. So kids were just running around with the basketball. And even at the third and fourth grade level, come on, we're, we're, we're doing them a disservice if we're not teaching them the importance of pivoting, of jump stopping, making sure that we're not running with the basketball and traveling, reinforcing the fact that, listen, you dribbled the ball, you picked it up, you can't dribble it again, right? You got to pass it if you're not open for the shot, all right? Those types of things are really, really important. From the defensive side of the ball, are we teaching our kids you know, to stay between who they're, they're guarding in the basket at an early age. Yes, I understand as the defense gets more complex, you're doing different schemes, you're going to be moving your players around a, a little bit more, for, for sure, okay? Uh, but at, at the youth, youth level, 
if you can teach them for the most part, stay between your man, the basket, as they start to age up a little bit, you start to teach a little more of the triangle or, or getting your pointers out. So you're not only somewhat between who you're matched up with in the basket, but you're also between the player you're guarding and wherever the basketball is, that's huge off ball defense, which gets us into another thing that we cover defensively, even at early ages, closeouts. Like I think if there was a mistake I probably made early on was stance, some slides, not a ton of closeouts. And then all of a sudden we're going big picture and we're playing, whether that's one-on-one, three-on-three. And you know, I, since then we've added over the years, we've added more defensive closeout type drills. We've added more direction changes defensively instead of just side to side sliding. Yes, you do that, but you'd move everywhere in defense. So it's important for us to work on that as well. That's something that we, I feel like I've at least done a better job of in you know the last year or so uh, working with our younger players. So that one's, that one's big. When we're playing the game, there's a couple tweaks that I've made recently. Highly, highly recommend you try this out. We've talked to some of our Coaches Edge members about this. I've implemented it as young as first and second graders, and it's gone better. It is 100% truly gone better. I think you should try this out. And it's, it's kind of some of the FIBA rules where in FIBA, there's no checking somebody scores, you get the basketball outside the three-point line, you go back in to attack. You only check it on, you know, if there was a timeout, uh, you know, maybe a dead ball foul, things of that nature. So the FIBA game is much more fast-paced. So we're thinking, how can we incorporate some of that faster pace with some of our youth basketball players who may not be at the point yet where – they can get the basketball out playing half court, three on three, pass it or dribble it out. Maybe they need a little bit more structure, a little bit more outside help to transition from defense to offense in this three on three game. And so even in our basketball league that was, or basketball lessons that were uh, a couple of days ago, I was the coach. I was at about the top of the key. I said, all right, every time there's a possession change made basket, defensive rebound, steal, ball goes out of bounds. You outlet the ball to me, and then I will immediately throw it back in, and the game begins. And so I was kind of the extra teammate that was out on the court. I took place of the check that happened out on the court. The ball, the game was constantly being played because the only time that was really a transition period was an outlet pass to the coach, which is something we would also do in a game. And then the players are, while that's happening, they're quickly shifting from, okay, I was on offense, now I'm on defense. Defense is shifting, hey, I was on defense, now I'm on offense. And then I would get the basketball, I would throw it back in, and then they're playing again. Now, one of the other benefits to this is if you're playing with a group of players and you got that kid on the team who's a ball hog, on top of telling him, hey, you need to share the sugar here, um, you can get to pass the basketball to whoever you want, right? So if I see that somebody hasn't gotten a touch, right? If, you know, Lucy hasn't gotten a touch in a while, I can get that basketball make sure that she gets it. She can work on a drive, a shot, whatever, whatever that might be. And then for our younger players, I, I will also say, if you get into trouble, you can throw it back to me. I'm not being guarded. I can't take a shot or anything like that. They can throw it back to me and then I can throw it back into the game and there's nothing hurt there. So that, that's a really good 
benefit of doing it that way. I've also found that not only is it faster paced, you can get everybody on the team touches, more touches than they might if they, you know, they were playing on their own. You had one or two dominant players who just did all the, you know, controlled everything. And it does allow you as a coach to be involved, but not involved at the same time. Involved, meaning I can dictate certain players when they get touched. I can still, you know, yell out some instructions and some tips. Um, but at the same time, they're the ones playing. They're the ones, you know, that are deciding, okay, I'm in trouble. I can't get it to one of my teammates. I can't take the shot. I'm going to throw it back to the coach. It's very much them learning and playing on their own, but you're slightly involved as somewhat of a helper slash coach, which I found to be pretty beneficial as well. Okay. So that's something that I would recommend with your youth basketball league camp. If you're playing some three on three, think about some of those things. Now, if you don't have jerseys, pennies, anything like that, one thing that we did towards the end of our youth basketball league this winter that was really beneficial and we did have reversible jerseys. So we would have a white team, white, white jerseys, black jerseys, but kids still had trouble understanding who their matchup was, who they were guarding. So I bought a bunch of different colored wristbands and we would put kids on the opposite team who are matched up to guard one another. And we would give them the same color wristband. And so as the game was being played, and if kids were starting to follow the ball, they weren't getting matched up. I just yell out, find your color, find your color. And if you look down and you had an orange wristband on, there's only one other person out there that also has an orange wristband on. And that's the person you're matched up with. That's the person you're supposed to be guarding. And you could get back into making sure you're guarding them. And, you know, maybe you're between them and the basketball off the ball instead of guarding whoever is has the basketball. That was extremely beneficial as well. And we were going to, we're going to do that right off the jump with our basketball program that happens next winter, next winter for sure. Um, so make sure you're teaching your spacing, some spacing, some passing, some cutting, flashing to the basketball is a big one. We incorporated uh, more dribble handoff type action. That's, that's pretty common. And I think it's a good progression to introducing ball screens at a, a later date, possibly with some of our, you know, first and second graders is, Hey, they're getting used to a DHO already. That's going to make some of these ball screens, I think even more effective later on because they're getting used to, you know, going to that teammate, coming off that teammate, getting the handoff in. Uh, so I really like what we did. What we did there from a ball handling perspective, we really try to encourage weekend development. You know, if like everybody in our last group was right-handed, every single one. So we always did extra reps working on our left hand. So if they can dribble stationary, either hand, full speed with either hand, if we can start to work on changing our speed, if we can work on starting and stopping, that's really big. So those are some things we try to concentrate on from a ball handling perspective. And then we take the ball handling and then we build that right into jump stop. We build that right into being able to pivot. We build that into, okay, chest pass, overhead, bounce pass, that wraparound or that pass fake pivot, and then make your pass. Those are really important techniques for us to practice. We can get them in at an early, at an early age. Okay. So those are big ones. Rebounding is one that you know, we don't touch on as much, or at least I didn't touch on as much, uh, but we 
worked on yelling shot. We talked about, you know, going after the basketball with, with two hands, some of those basic characteristics of rebounding the basketball. And I did make sure that we spent extra time explaining the locations on the court and that terminology that goes with it, because I want to make things easier for the future coaches that coach these kids, because chances are I'm not going to be the junior high or high school or coach of any of the players that I was working with this spring. So if I can set that next coach up for success and have an easier time, because these young players, they know where the block is. They know what the hash marks are. They know the paint. They know the lane lines. They know the free throw line. They know the corner, the wing, the top of the key. They know some of these the basketball terminology, right? They know, understand, hey, when I'm going up, use the backboard, right? Going up, use, using the glass. They know some of these basic options of, like, when you explain pivoting and jump stopping, they can just do it. When I, you know, talk to my daughter, who's not even – she's not a huge fan of basketball. Like she likes it and has fun, but she's, I mean, you can kind of tell with young kids, like how much they're going to like some, she doesn't love basketball. Like, like I did, you know, but hopefully she just keeps kind of playing for fun. But if I go to her and I say, Hey Jada, you know, rip it, show me a rip, show me a rip pivot. She's going to be able to rip the basketball strong from side to side. She's going to be able to pivot. And guess what? When she goes into the games, she can rip, she can pivot. She understands the rules. She can pass. And so at the very least, she'll be ahead of most kids because she's fundamentally sound. And then we obviously put that into practice with the games that, that we're playing. And that's the last thing that I'll leave you with is play games, play a lot of shun, fun, shun, a lot of fun, short games. We play a ton of games at our little youth camps. Okay. We do relay races. We play sharks and minnows, but with the basketball, we play you know different variations of tag basically um we do this cone ball handling game where we take i take all my cones let's say i got like 30 cones right what do i need that many cones for i'll just dump them out into half court and then i'll split the kids in different teams i'll put them in like each corner of the gym i'll say all right we're gonna go when i say go you're gonna dribble the basketball out full speed you might say left hand out right hand back you're going to pick one cone up, you dribble all the way back. We're going to start stacking them in your corner. When you get there, tag your partner. They're going to take off left hand down, right hand back. We're going to do that until all these, you know, 30 cones or whatever are gone. They're not in midcourt anymore. And then we'll count up and see which team had the most cones. They love that game. They love that game. Right. And they're working on their ball handling, ton of coordination to it. And, you know, kids are dribbling down with one hand, they're picking the cone up with the other hand and then, oh, wait, I, I'm supposed to switch hands on the way back. I might put the cone back down, switch hands, and then grab the cone. So there's just a ton of learning going on in that very basic drill, but it's, it's a race. They're having fun. They're keeping track of their score with their cones. And so that's a great one as well. We do shooting competitions, the layup competitions, I should say, where they dribble up, make shots, maybe come off a, a basket cut. They might pass to the high post from the wing, cut to the block, just throw a simple pass back to them and they're taking their shot. But, you know, we're counting, you know, which, which team makes seven shots first, things of that nature. We do this, a ton of competitive games with handling the basketball. Like I said, we do some relay races on the move. We do some stationary work where it's 
you know, as simple as pound, pound cross. How many times can you cross over with a pound, pound cross in 15 seconds? And that would be your score, right? Little things like that. We do a drill called countdown ball handling, which is even simpler than that, um, that our players enjoy how fast they can finish this little countdown series, which is a lot of fun. Tons of different ways that we can work on adding some competitive game type nature to, to what we're doing. So uh, when I say, Hey, we're working on 30 minutes. If you had an hour, you're working on 30 minutes of skills, 30 minutes of gameplay, by no means are we going 30 minutes of skills with no games and no competitions as far as keeping track of time and score and things of that nature. A lot of that is having fun. I want every kid to come in and have one. I want every kid to come in and have a lost. And you know, if the only time you're doing actual competitions is during the games, usually the bigger, stronger, faster kids dominate those, especially at the younger levels. So to be able to give everybody a chance because maybe they do have better skills. Like I'll give my daughter as an example, she's below average size. She's below average, you know, speed, all, all those things that at this point, um, but she has probably an above average, I would say skill level with some of her ball handling ability. So she can get a higher score when we do some of these competitive games compared to when we play three on three and she might not be getting the ball as much. She's getting bounced around, knocked around just because physically she's a heck of a lot smaller and weaker. So little things like that allow all the kids to feel included, to feel, you know, value, to feel some of that success uh, as well as some of the failure that's going to happen as far as losing some games. And those are great learning opportunities for our kids. So I know that was a little bit uh, around, but um, I hope that there's something in there that you can take away and apply to apply to your team, apply to your youth basketball camp, apply to your program so that you can get, you can get better. If you have any questions, let me know more than happy to talk about youth basketball. I'm getting back into more youth basketball as we're getting a little more settled here in South Carolina. My oldest daughter's getting a little bit older into that range where she's you know it just makes more sense to have her involved in some community basketball type activities and uh, I can tell you I've grown a lot as a youth basketball coach this this past winter in this spring and uh, I, I look forward to continue to learn and if you're a coach that's listening you're like man I'm a varsity basketball coach I'm like yeah but that means you're in charge of the people who coach the youth that means you're in charge of the people that you know are building your program that are with those kids who you're going to coach down the road and you want to set them up for success. You want to, if you're the varsity coach, you want to be the person that's setting all these other people up for success so that they can set the players up for the success. And now it's a win-win. Everybody wins because you're building your program together. That's what we're all about is trying to help one another be successful, enjoy the game, love it. Um, there's a lot of things. I'll end with this. There's a lot of things wrong with youth basketball, youth, youth sports in general. But man, there's also a lot of things right with it. And I, I know personally a lot of people that are in it for the right reasons. They love the kids. They're great teachers of the game. They just want to be involved. And chances are, if you're a high school basketball coach, you are one of those people. It's important that you communicate with the parents of the kids so that you can help them find other people 
that are in a position to help and are in it for the right reasons. And those are the people that we want to encourage our young kids to be around in general. People that can not only teach the game of basketball, but teach them how to be positive, contributing members of society. We need more of that. We uh, 100% need more of that in our world today. Put yourself around people who care about them and that will teach them to be positive members of society. It is always about the people and helping one another out and whatever it is that they're trying to do. All right. That's my spiel. That's my soapbox. That's my rant. Uh, if you're still listening, I certainly appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Everything that you guys are doing, especially this time of year, it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of prep work but you put the right things in place and it will be worth it down the road. So thank you for listening. And as always, get after today.